Welcome to What's the Word Downtown, a weekly podcast dedicated to mining the depths of the word, a word that's sharp and active in downtown Tyler, Texas. Join Eric, Matt, and Mike as we get the word out at Bethel. Hey, welcome back to What's the Word Downtown. I'm Matt McGill, and we're here with Pastor Mike Hall, who brought the message yesterday. If you missed it, or if you were there and are just interested in hearing a little bit more about it, we are going to look into it today. Ephesians 6. You yeah. started with four verses, mm-hmm. uh, packed a packed four verses, and you talked great about it. I just loved hearing about your reflections and your uh, stories about your kids, and and every, I think everybody in the everybody in the audience uh, could uh, could understand some things about what you're saying because everybody's a child, and a lot of people are parents, and this is a this is the gospel finding its way down into our functional lives, right? As we because nothing, honestly, nothing. Nothing upsets me more on the daily than my inability to control my wife and children. <laughs> it's right there. It's right there. And that brings to the surface my own issues and my own uh, sin and all of that. And that's another thing that you yeah. talked about. And, and I, so I really appreciated that. It's uh, Ephesians 6, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father, father and mother, mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exacerbate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So you didn't have yeah. a lot, but one thing you brought out right away is that we that that the the, the former is put before the latter, or should say, yeah. you we're talking about the, the weaker, the weaker. Right. So, so in fact, in this scripture, it was uh, children were mentioned before parents. Mm-hmm. In the scripture that Eric talked about last week, the wife was mentioned before the husband. Mm-hmm. Which that culture mm-hmm. wouldn't have happened. And then next week, the bondservant is mentioned before the master. So, so here's Paul's lifting up the weaker before he instructs the... Yeah, which was actually right in line with the last song you did, right before oh, yeah. the message about us becoming weak. Yes. So that he can be strong. The pain, the pain is going to break you wide open, but it'll break you wide open to a deeper love. Yeah. And and so here we go with children obey your parents. So why is this hard? Because you and I are very much alike in so much as I think that we defined ourselves early on in life by how much resistance we could give to our fathers. Is that is that <laughs> right. correct? Did, when your father, natu- did you naturally agree with what your dad said? No. Me, neither no. did I. Sorry, dad. Push Dads. against that. Mm-hmm. You push against that. There's a sort of early individuation that occurred where I was like, whatever you think, I think the opposite. Yeah. And well, and so there's sin there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so there's a, a sense of, hey, kids, obey your parents and be that's that is your first perhaps reflection of who God is. Mm-hmm. Is you're you're born, you see your mom, you see your dad. That's your authority. Um, you you cognitively don't know anything about God, but you know that there's this authority uh, that is an overseer of me. Mm-hmm. And so how I respond to that and how they respond to me mm-hmm. is in the very very infancy of life, the beginning training of mm-hmm. how we're going to think about. God, which is word for parents, why it's so important, right? It's really important, and the but the and here and the problem enters in pretty quick, right? Because what you see is is sometimes you don't like the person you're called to obey. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to like 
come to terms with the fact that there are times, there are seasons, hopefully just moments, right? Where my kids don't like me. And they're not called to like me in scripture. They're called to acknowledge the fact that I have been given them to steward. Mm -hmm. They're not, we've told them since they were very young, you you don't belong to us. We didn't create you. We begat you. Mm -hmm. We're still understanding. I have to tell my kids, hey, this is our first time to be parents. Right. This is our, let that sink in that no matter where you're at, it's your first time to be a parent. Yeah. And because the stages are always changing and you're always getting new information, which makes the dependency dependency upon the Lord and his wisdom all the more necessary. It is. So as, as we're called, you said, children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. And one of the things that, that really hit me and Megan and I were talking about after lunch is your description of Sam saying, Dad, I don't really... It's hard. It's hard to be in this family. It's hard to be in this family. It is. So, yeah, Sam, he, so... We've got people over all the time. We've got, there's, uh, you know, his room, even the way it is, he shares a room with one of his brothers. And it's also a walkway kind of through our house the way it works. Um, He is neat, organized. His car keys go in his top left-hand drawer on the left-hand side. He's systematic on how he does things. He has his friends, and these are the three places they like to go. I mean, just he is an orderly type person. But uh, but maybe one of the reasons he's so orderly is because... He's distressed at his soul level by all the disorder Very around him. Very possible. Or even just trying to find his individuality, right? Sure. Who am I in the yeah. midst of all of these different personalities in our house and how it works? And this is where he finds himself and it helps him identify who he is by saying, this is who I'm not. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know why mm-hmm. that's why he is necessarily, but but it is. It's how God, who God and, created him to be. And you will naturally because newsflash, you know, you come up in a family and you're not always going to like them. Mm-hmm. Their ways are going to rub up against your ways. There's going to be dissonance yeah. where it's it's like sometimes only the grace of God can hold a family together because you have sinners each in their own way fighting for their own way, Whether and sometimes they don't even realize it. Yeah. Well, and and so even in that, it, it, it works both ways. For Sam, for example, this is oh, three or four weeks ago we mentioned the car keys. I had to move his car somewhere and, you know, yeah. not thinking I just put it in his pocket. Yeah. And he, hey, Dad, guess where my car key, guess where my car keys are? Where's Sam? Not in my drawer. You know, right. it, it, just, it just got a lot, giving me a hard you time, involved right? involved in my life, Right, Dad. right. And you're, you're messing it up, mm-hmm. just giving me a hard time. Mm-hmm. And, but for us, for Heather and I, we get to know who he is and figure out how do we parent him mm-hmm. that's best for him? How do we love him well? So what are the places? Okay, so he he's a little bit more... Um, shy, uh, could be more introverted. Mm-hmm. So when he was three or four years old, um, we knew that that's a place we needed to push mm-hmm. him, right? So this wasn't a sin issue, but we also knew that, hey, in order to live in our world and our life, you need to be able to interact with people. Yeah. So we would go to uh, parks with him and make him ask people uh, what time it was. Mm. And he would have to continue to do mm-hmm. that just so he would have to engage with strangers. Mm-hmm. So he'd be walking up to strangers. Flexing a muscle that he's going to need the rest right. of his life. Which was yeah. totally easy for him. I mean, that's I mean, hard for him. Mm-hmm. It would have been way easy for Noah to do that. He, sure. Ah, sure. Who do I want to talk to? That's not a big mm-hmm. deal at all. So it is. It's it's pushing them in places where and, they need and, to be. And that's, anchor, that's, that's posited or predicated on the idea that once Megan told me that we're, she says, we're to be studiers of our children, yeah. that, that, that our children are there in a way to unfold something to us and for us. I mean, how much have you learned 
by watching your kids, how much have you learned about your wife? Oh. How much have you learned about yourself? It's like, wait, that's exactly like mom or that's exactly yeah. like me. And that's where your, your message uh, yesterday when you said, uh, hey, if you haven't apologized to your kids in the last month, you've, you're probably doing something wrong. And I, I have to say, I and mean, this is a, seems a little bit like, yeah. you know, I'm patting myself on the back, but for such a sinner, uh, the, my only choice, my only chance uh, at having a good relationship with my kids is being a repentant person. So that, that line came from a conviction. So yeah. when uh, this was, oh, probably 10, 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so our kids were in between the ages of, oh, two, three, and seven or eight. And our oldest, it was putting them to bed. And we were, I don't know if we were reading scripture, talking about God. There was yeah. some sort of spiritual conversation happening. And uh, Noah, the oldest, goes, well, now, Dad, you, I mean, you don't sin. <laughs> and it was this, oh, my gosh. What a, I'm a what a failure. I mean, yeah. what a huge, like, if you think that. Um, he thinks that sin is a childish problem, but exa- not you one can, for can You can grow out of this. Yeah. My dad grew out of this. Yeah. But to realize that, uh, of course, you know, in that stage, as they're younger, mm-hmm. th- they don't see the, the inner struggles and the workings. And, you know, they're guarded by that. But all of a sudden I realized I'm setting you up to be a Pharisee of all Pharisees. Mm-hmm. I'm setting you up to think that the Christian life is to is to be righteous and perfect and to have no sin. And you're like, no, 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 no. The Christian life is to ask for repentance and, and to know that you're forgiven. So uh, it, it was really then I went back, Heather and I talked to him, like, listen to what he said. And she started laughing because she knows what a screw up I am. Mm-hmm. And at, from then we're like, okay, we we need to confess. We need to be quick. And, you know, when, when the kids are four and five and you're a little yeah. bit sharp or snippy or whatever, yeah. um, in the environment we set up, yeah. It was always their fault. Like, hey, mom and dad are always right, right? Sure. We're in control. So it was, but hey, you're talking about knowing the kids. This is mm-hmm. where I think it's so cool with the gospel mm-hmm. is, and, and even in this conversation, we start talking about our, our kids and, and our parents to all of a sudden to take a snippet and flip it to he- our heavenly father. Mm-hmm. And as you say, hey, you know, that, that we get to be a student and to study and to know them and to say, yeah, our, that, that's something that mom would do, or that's, that's exactly what I would do. And that we get to learn them to know that God the Father infinitely knows us in that kind of way. Um, I, my picture of God growing up in a, in a high church was way out there, God. And, and you know, I said, big picture God. Uh, but to, to really go, hey, he knows the little things I like. He knows... Uh, he knows that I I like collecting these kind of I'd be the kind of person that would like collecting these kind of things. He knows yeah. that I'm the kind of person that likes to compete. Um, he knows all the little things, all of the minutia mm-hmm. that is like, oh, this is the that our heavenly Father would go. This is the kind of shirt that McGill would like to wear, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's a there's an intimacy of love in the and in the details. That's right. Uh, that that is easy for me to forget about in, in the heavenly Father. Well, and, and and just to kind of go back to what what you were talking about. The, fa- the fathers do not exacerbate your children. There's something like, we also hear, provoke them to anger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when you talked about uh, Noah not really having a full picture of the gospel, you know, we can exacerbate our children in several different ways by giving them a false gospel, by giving mm-hmm. them a sense of like, here's the standard you have to meet. If you don't meet it, uh, there you will find displeasure from me. Well, we know that that is not the gospel. Yeah, The gospel is... I love you unconditionally, and that sets you free 
to live a life of obedience and glorification. But if you do it the other way around, you're only going to be provoking your children to frustration and anger. That's one way. Another way is to just, like, for, for me, Blythe is, mm-hmm. sorry, Blythe, you're not watching this, but you might someday uh, in therapy. Uh, it, Blythe uh, is very much like me. And the things that I don't like about myself, I don't like about her. Mm-hmm. And instead of change or seek to change them in me, I just point them out in Blythe and expand her condemnation, provoking her to anger against me. So you see this working out in yeah. this way that as a child, you don't really understand. How could a father provoke? I mean, I know I get upset with my dad, but he's just different than me. But when you have when you have that sort of same... Uh, sensibilities or same characteristics as one child over another, oftentimes that child is a representation of your own sin yeah. that you've yet to really repent from. And not only that, yeah. is there's a representation of your own sin and you have a power differential hmm. because you're the parent and you know that and they know that. So you come into this as equal sinners but now you have the authority to point it out in them. Mm-hmm. And so there's Which a, is dangerous authority. Right. So, th- so there's an intentional humbling of yourself mm-hmm. to go. Uh, to repent to your kids is different than to repent to somebody else because mm-hmm. you're actually the greater becoming weaker. And what happens, what happens is that you take the relational space. We did two circles, right? And one overlaps with that. Right. Like Venn diagram. A Venn diagram yeah. where there's a relational space that you have just made safe. By leading in repentance. Oh. Because you make that space safe, then they can go, oh, you know, I'm sorry about that too. Because I know now he's not going to nail me because he's just realized that I've already, that I could nail him when he apologizes. Yeah. And that, you know, the gospel sets us free to live intellectually honest lives as a family, as a family unit. Hey, here's, here's where things get out of whack. Can we talk about this? Dad's the leader in the out of whackness. Mm-hmm. Forgive me. Help me. Well, I need your help. So one of, the, one of the things we do in our family when it comes to forgiveness, we, sure. we talk about the difference between I'm sorry and please forgive me. Mm. So uh, there's going to be times where you, you, um, you accidentally mess up. Um, man, I was, I was late to picking you up. I'm so sorry. My meeting went wrong. I uh, told you that I was going to empty the you know dishwasher and I got sidetracked yeah. halfway through. I'm, I'm sorry. And then there's please forgive me, which is, I've sinned against you. I have put my will over you. I've found myself to be more important. And I and I and so what we when we ask for forgiveness in our family, we we call it out. So I will say, Hey, Noah, will you forgive me? I was prideful and mm-hmm. in my pride I got angry and put you down and tried to make myself better than mm-hmm. you. Will, will you forgive mm-hmm. me for that? Mm-hmm. That we that Sin loves the darkness, mm. and so we want to bring it to light and go, mm-hmm. this is what Jesus died for. Speak it This out. is where I'm weak. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. say it. Let's call it. And mm-hmm. and then when you forgive it, you can fully let me off the hook. Mm-hmm. You can say, you know what? I'm not going to hold that against you. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that, that specific sin, yeah, I forgive it. And to your point, we talk about how families work. When we do that, um, that, that, you know, when God redeems things and makes things new— he doesn't just repair them. He makes them even better. Mm. Like right now, uh, you know, Adam and Eve 
screwed up in the garden. Mm -hmm. God's not going, hey, I'm going to fix the garden. He's going to make a new creation for us, something that's even better than the, the new heaven, even better than what the garden was originally. And there's a, something like that in forgiveness. We have a relationship. It's good. We break it by sinning. But when we repent, he makes he doesn't just repair, but he makes it even better than it was. Mm -hmm. That there's even more intimacy than even before the sin. But this side of eternity, isn't, the, isn't it important that your kids understand and be able to hold two things in their hand at one time. Now, this is where Bruno Bettelheim's book, you probably haven't read it. No, but he has uh, a killer name. That's really not Bruno, really, I'm sure that's a super Bruno name. Bruno Bettelheim, it's called The Uses of Enchantment, and he talks about the uh, the proliferation of uh, German uh, of, uh, 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 story uh, fairy tales, like by the Brothers Grimm, right? So he talks about, uh, in, in uh, Little Red Riding Hood, the grandmother putting on the... the or the wolf putting on the grandmother's clothes and hiding in bed. And the idea being that there are sometimes the, that little red riding hood or you or whoever mm -hmm. the child is sees a grandmother who gives them a cookie and, and who uh, wants their good. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when they come up against grandmother who says you can't have a cookie or disciplines them, yeah. they hate that. They see it as a wolf. They see yeah. it as a, you know, so the idea being... If we live intellectually honest lives in Christ, in our home, our kids get to understand that it is both a blessing mm -hmm. and a curse to be in whatever family you're in, and, and that dad is both a saint and a sinner yeah. at the same time, concurrently, so that I don't, I don't live in some sort of, to use the word fairy tale, yeah. that, that, uh, that dad is all one or all the other. Well, yeah, I mean, talking fairy tales, that, that was a crazy, uh, this was probably six, seven years ago, yeah. the Disney movie um, w with the girl with the long hair. Rapunzel. Rapunzel. The yeah. mom. Called Tangled, for Tang those of you who are out there. There you yeah. go. Thank you. Yes, you bet. You, the mom. Two little girls. Mother knows best. Listen to your mommy. First time I've sung a show tune. <laughs> Podcast. That was it. She was good and evil. Wait, wait, she was evil, but she was pretending to be good. That's right. And so it was the Disney, whereas before it was black hat, white hat, right? right you're right. good, you're evil. Mm -hmm. You're the stepsister or you're Cinderella. Mm -hmm. who, who are you? And so all of a sudden there was this mixed character of she's acting good, but the she's devouring evil. mother, was, uh, Jung would call her. But anyway, uh, uh, and, 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 so, <laughs> and so as uh, one of the surefire ways to provoke our children to anger is to present as if we are not sinners. Mm hmm. hmm. To present to our children as if I am the saint adult who you must obey, not ask questions, and never even think that I sin. And don't you know that parents carry that weight? They carry that weight of, of if, they're, if they're functionally under a false gospel, which is no right. good news at all, they're saying, I am the ruler in this home. I'm going to present as perfect and expect perfection from my kids. And that is nothing but a recipe for condemnation and exasperation or provoking your children to anger. And even in that, yeah. you're not going to get what you really want. No. What, what you really want is uh, intimacy with your kids. What you really want is real respect. Um, you think if you're good enough, then they're going to respect or love you more, or they're going to behave the right mm -hmm. way, and you're not going to get mm -hmm. any of those things. Because the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Right. And in other words, if you want God in your home, you've got to you, sacrifice. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta sacrifice yeah. the ego mm -hmm. 
give up your your pretensions and and false assumptions about your strength and start to be a broken spirit and a contrite heart yeah. for the salvation of your family and for your kids right I mean, See, and and this is the whole part of Ephesians yeah the, the way we're talking here that uh, why it's so dangerous to take this sort of uh, scripture out of context mm. because there's this being filled with the spirit that has to be the the pre uh, supposition the the, mm-hmm. the foregoing before we yeah. talk about hey children obey parents don't exasperate like don't yeah. do, just do these things that yeah. there's this because we as parents we want to be able to tell our kids to do something and they should obey mm-hmm. there doesn't have to be massive explanation you don't have to justify your actions there's a sense of I'm asking you to do this and your response is yes and there's a training to the child of that for them to know hey. There is a father that loves me who's going to ask me to do things that I don't understand. I can trust what he asks me to do. I can trust it. And, but, and and here's the other Mm -hmm. part of it though. At the God, our God, our, the father, we can say, I trust him. He is good. My children can say, I trust him and he is a sinful person. I trust him, but he is good and he does love me, but he is also sinful. Mm -hmm. And so this is where, but I also see my dad repent. I see Mm -hmm. my dad ask for forgiveness Mm -hmm. because he, also has a heavenly father that he relies on. And when they get to see that, that's going to breed the trust that they can say, hey, he's good. So it's not just obey so God can obey. We obey in the same way that you, out of love, right? Final thing. This is really, this is really uh, one of the last things you said that I I could feel almost in the room, people just taking up what in AA they call a a fearless moral inventory. (laughs) I could just feel at the people in the room, there was just this collective sense of like, whoa, when you said it might be time to let your parents off the hook. I'm not talking about the kids in the room. I'm talking about adults (laughs) that drug into their own marriages and subsequent uh, child rearing. They drug in their own hang-ups about their parents and their own unforgiveness and their own sense of, like, I'm a victim of my parents. Well, possibly and certainly not to, you know, I, I know there's some horrible situations right. and there are truly horrible parents that can hardly be called parents by the classic definition. But by and large, sinning people that have kids are sinning parents. And absent the the refreshment that the gospel brings and the reconciliation that the gospel brings and the trust that it breeds right. day in and day out, you're going to leave your parents' home with bumps and bruises that would be very easy to live into some sort of victimized, yeah. you know, uh, headspace that can that can plague you, your marriage, and your, your raising of your own children. It's what you said to your yeah. kids, hey, yeah. this is the first time we've done this. Uh-huh. And you remind them of that. Most parents don't remind their kids of that, right? Most most kids grow up thinking, well, my my parents should be like God. They, mm-hmm. they might not articulate yeah. that in their head, but there's a sense of they should be perfect. Right. And when they're not perfect, and especially when they're not perfect and they don't repent, then that's going to hold into bitterness and resentment. And you should have and blame. And that's why I'm this way. And that's why I do this. You don't become, you're, you're no longer children in your parents, in your kids' eyes. Right. Which is kind of, you know, it's kind of uh, unorthodox, but I mean, let's be honest. Unless unless you turn and become like children, you can have no part in the kingdom of God, which means parents, be children that your that your kids might one day be adults. Right? <laughs> I mean, something There's like that. There's humility to that. Yes. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, so for, for moms and uh, for adult children yeah who have moms and dads who are who are older um 
there's a lot of forgiveness that, mm. that probably mm. should happen. Um, and, and maybe it's a phone call, maybe it's a conversation, or maybe it's in their heart. Maybe it's a father or mother that even passed away, but that you still hold on to some resentment and, and anger. You know what I see the Lord doing a lot of times? And I, I'm, I'm not saying this is happening in my life yet and may not happen, but a lot of times uh, as parents age, hmm. they become weaker and weaker and more dependent. Mm-hmm. And they become like children to their children, mm-hmm. which is another opportunity, another bridge, as it were, to accept God's grace and to receive your parents as children yeah. because life eventually beats them down in one way or another where mm-hmm. grace is all the more necessary. It's like in order to have peace in that last third of life, you have to do the work now. That is to say, actually allow the gospel to forgive you and allow you to allow it to sort of bend out horizontally yeah. to those places where where you need that you need to apply forgiveness and let go of some of that pain and those hang-ups so yeah that's it's good. good stuff mike thank you so much we'll be back next week you're not preaching nope that was it you're that's it one, one and done man one and done Eric will be back, I think, next week yeah. uh, looking into slaves and masters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're, we're excited to see you guys this coming Sunday, 10 a.m. Mike, thanks. Thanks, man. Appreciate right, it. Guys. See you soon.